So welcome along to our Sermon Expanded, in this which we'll be looking at our third passage as we've been going through this series in Genesis, which is the Tower of Babel. It's a little bit late, apologies for that. This is Sunday the 23rd where we looked at this and then we'll have one also out this week for our Sunday the 1st, which was the call of Abram. But we're looking at this Tower of Babel, we're continuing this series, we've looked through creation, the fall, Noah, God's covenant with Noah, and we have this final episode, this final symbolic, huge, profound story in Genesis chapter 11, in between lots of genealogies. There's probably no reason really for it to put it, put it in. At the beginning of chapter 10, we have the nations descended from Noah, then immediately after the Tower of Babel, we have Shem's descendants and Terah's descendants. And so you could quite easily just go through all of those. There's no real need to put this story in. So the fact that it's in there must have some kind of meaning to be found in it. There must be something, some reason, some big idea that's within it that's necessary for us to get to grips with and understand and to try and deal with. We see a shift then, and we've been talking about interpretations of the Bible, we've been talking about the different ideas within these first stories in Genesis, and we can see a big shift in this part of Genesis where we go from these big stories into the story of Abraham, and that, beginning at Abraham, becomes a very different genre of book in Genesis. There's really a, a kind of distinct separation. There's these big stories about creation, about the fall of humanity. Then there's the story about the recreation of that humanity and that earth through Noah. Then there's this Tower of Babel, which deals with humanity in a big sense. So there's these big, big stories in the first parts of Genesis. And then we go into the story of Abraham about this one individual and how God works through that one individual. Although he does, we are told in the first stories, they're much bigger stories. They're almost like huge, big stories, a huge, big story of Israel condensed into a tiny little chapter or a couple of chapters. And so we see maybe a profound insight into how the rest of the Bible will go within these little stories, within creation and the fall, within Noah, within the Tower of Babel. And that's something I've literally just thought of, but it might actually be, might be the secret, might be the little gem that those three stories are, are similar stories in a way. They're all about humanity. They're all about God's creation and how humanity comes in and all kind of goes wrong. First in Adam and Eve, they're given this beautiful and profound, uh, I keep saying profound, this perfect creation that God gives to them and they kind of mess things up when we have this fall. Then God tries again through Noah and through the flood wipes out what he had created to create and recreate something new and gives it to Noah and Noah kind of lets the whole thing down as well and you can read about that in the rest of chapters 8, 9 and 10. And then we have this Tower of Babel which we'll get into in a second but deals with this new city, this recreation of humanity but it's them trying to do it themselves. And it's God coming down and saying, well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So maybe the rest of the Bible, which we see the Israelites and we see the, the New Testament church and all the problems that go on there, maybe these three stories, which are quite similar in principle and idea, which try and set forward the same thoughts, maybe there are little reflections about the rest of the Bible and about 
not even the rest of the Bible, but the rest of the Bible plus everything that's gone on from there. Because I don't know about you, but the church, Christians, the Christian faith still doesn't have it all sorted out. We're still in those stumbling moments where we see lots of amazing and great things happening, but then also we see these little trips and falls. We see people who uh, are set up on that pedestal of glorious holiness, Christianity, uh, and the next minute they seem to fall. And there have been stories of that even recently, and you can search online if you want to find out about any of those. But we see it in our own lives as well, where we hope for, we think things have got to a point where it's all going to go kind of perfect from now on. Everything, nothing could be wrong. It's, it's kind of this idea of, oh, everything's just how it should be. And then the next moment there's something comes along, something invades, something oppresses, some injustice appears. And it's like, we're just back in the very beginning. We're just back in that story of creation. We're just back in that story of the fall. We're just back in that story of Noah. We're just at this point in the Tower of Babel where we thought everything was going to how we should think it could go. But God has other ideas for his creation and for us as a humanity because we are his. And I think that's one of the principal thoughts and ideas we need to get around is that this isn't our creation. We aren't at the centre of it, but God is at the centre of his creation and we are we are objects of his affection and his love, but we're also objects of, of his creation and how it works. I was talking yesterday in a little vlog about how we are beginning to see at this time of year this creation change in many ways and we don't have control of that. I can't start it, I can't stop it, I simply have to admire the beauty of it. And in a way that's a reminder that we are participants in God's glorious creation. We can't control it. We aren't at the center of it as much as we would like to be. We're not. And so God can do what God wants to do with his creation. It's his. And from the very start, we said he could wipe it all out after Adam and Eve and start again, which is what he tried to do. But he found favor in Noah and he found beauty and he found a sense of this could be the man. And it's almost like then the rest of the story reflects that. And so that's just some little thoughts. That's nothing to do with the sermon that was preached. That was just what came to my mind there as I was talking uh, and as I began. But we have this Tower of Babel. The whole earth, you can read it in Genesis 11, 1 9. I'm going to kind of skip through little bits of it. The earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see this city, to see the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, so that they must not may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of the earth and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Bab Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. There are various study Bibles and application Bibles. I'm going to refer to those a few times today. They tell you little bits. and little. It's like having a Bible and then a commentary at the bottom of it. It's like, uh, so 
instead of me telling you that, you could look up this or get one of these study Bibles or application Bibles and at the bottom they tell you the secrets. They tell you the thoughts behind it all. They'll give you all the answers if you have any questions. I have an ESV study Bible which I was presented uh, by some friends. If you want me to present you with a study Bible, I would be happy to do that. Um, it says, The Tower of Babel, this episode, is a significantly more important than its length suggests. It presents a unified humanity using all its resources to establish a city and a tower that is the antithesis, antithesis, antithesis of what in God intended when he created the world. Back to this idea that there is a way this creation is supposed to work. And so this city, this tower, is the antithesis, the complete opposite of what God intended when he created the world. The tower is a symbol of human autonomy and the city builders see themselves as determining and establishing their own destiny without any reference to the Lord. They then put in brackets an interesting point which we had talked a little bit about in that story of creation and they say the tower story may also be a polemic which kind of means an opposing or a, a writing or something verbal that's uh, they said and it's an attack on something or someone else it's a, a different version of events it's a story that stands against and opposing to something so this story may be a story against mesopotamian mythology uh, in the eridu genesis a fragmentary text found at ur nippur and nineveh this describes the goddess ninter's calling for humanity to build cities and to congregate in one place her desire, according to this text, is that humans be sedentary and not nomadic. God of the Christian faith demands, and Jewish at this point, demands just the opposite so that the earth would become populated and people would know him. So again, we have this idea, just as we have talked about previously, that there were mythologies, stories, ideas being passed around between these tribes and civilizations which brought about these stories of how the earth came to being, why you're here, why this is here, why we do what we do. And one of those was about the goddess Ninter who called for humanity to build cities and nest and rest in one place. And so they're suggesting that this Torah Babel may be a figurative story that stands against that story it's almost like you have your story you have this mythology about ninter where we have the truth we have this idea about our god and our god doesn't tell us to build cities and use technology but our god tells us to go and bless and populate the whole earth which is interesting given then what abram is told to do in chapter 12 and the call of abraham and we'll talk a little bit about that um next time but that's interesting to note it also then says that the opening description of the whole earth having one language indicates that the present episode is not placed chronologically after the events of chapter 11, which specifically mention nations and languages. However, it may have occurred during the broad period covered in chapter 10, especially if it is linked to chapter 10 verse 25 in the naming of Peleg. And so this story is all about human independence and self-sufficiency apart from God. The builders believe they have no need of God. Their technology and social unity give them the confidence in their own ability and they have high aspirations, constructing a tower with its top in the heavens. This building project is designed to prevent the population from being dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And so they are using uh, their skills, their technology to build this place, to dwell, to settle, to do all of that.
Now, what does that tell us? Well, it tells us some things. There are some questions that come from it. Well, why does God then spread them all over the earth? Well, we could say it's it's to prevent them. He wants to populate this whole earth. And again, we'll talk about that with Abram. It's the idea that God doesn't want us to settle and simply dwell in our own tribe and keep this message that we have heard, but God tells us to go, which is interesting given that we nowadays in the present day in the 21st century, we build churches and stay in the one place and we tend to gather rather than go out. And that's one of the ideas of mission lately. It's one of the trends in mission is this idea that we gather to go. We don't gather to keep this idea to ourselves, to talk about God to ourselves, but we gather to go, which is going back to this idea that God wants us to to be nomads, essentially. God wants us to populate the whole earth with his message and his news. And of course, we could say that society and the earth does know his message, but that we are still called to go in that sense and to tell and to show and to teach, to populate the whole earth with that message. Nothing else to be said there. And so... God asks them to do this. God sends them. And, and if that was your question when you read this or you thought about this, well, why does God spread them out? The Lord disperses them so that his name is spread, that his glory is spread. Now, uh, I'm just going to dip back into the sermon that I preached because it was really about technology. There are lots of ideas that we can come up with, but I was focusing in on the technology aspect of it because these people, they've discovered that they can do things. They discover that the old ways they have maybe aren't the best ways. They discover that they can create for themselves and they can create something that's more sophisticated, something that's technologically more advanced than what they had, that they can push the boundaries and they can discover they, they can put brick. Well, they can make bricks and then they can make bricks in specific shapes and sizes and they can put these bricks of specific shapes and sizes on top of each other and join them with bitumen and make something stronger and build higher than they have done and so they with their technology are suddenly relying on it to create something more which of course is what we do and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with relying on the technology but what are we told in verse 4 let us make a name for ourselves if God's message is about populating and spreading and going, this technology is about glorifying self. It's about focusing on self. It's about building up self, not so that others might see, but that see God, but that others might see me. If I'm going to build something, that thing's going to be about me. And we see this in modern society and we see this in cultures around the world with the race to, to build the highest building. And that, that isn't about God or the heavens. That's about how we think we can reach God and overcome God and the heavens by building something that's massive. And so we have countries who compete because it's about showing their wealth. It's about showing their ability. It's about showing their expertise and technological genius it's about them it's about them making a name for themselves whereas God comes down to see this city and he disperses it because he that's not what he wants from his people if his people are, are to go and tell him that's not about creating something that people come to glorify wealth or fame it's about going and that's interesting giving that at a stage 
God does that with the temple in Jerusalem and people come to see Solomon when he builds the temple in Jerusalem with all its glory and all its splendor to glorify his name. But at this point, it sits in contrast to that, the polemic against that, which says that we don't want that. We need we need to go as a tribe. We need to be nomads to say and to tell and to show this whole earth about God. And so that, in a sense, is what this story is about. It's a, it's a simple story, but it's significant as the um, study Bible told us. It's this idea that it's about what God intends for his his earth and it's about what man desires for himself. And then uh, it was the application Bible that asked the question, well, what are the towers in your life or for you? What is it that you create in your own life for your own glory, to make a name for yourself? How is it you get to the next position in work? How is it you um, seek power or authority over your family or over a social group or a club or what is the tower what is it that represents the tower in your life that you build up so that you have a sense of fame of authority so that people look at you and go oh aren't you amazing look at what you have done look at what you have created look at who you are and you take all that glory and then what is it you need to destroy what is it you need to tear down what is it you need to disperse from your life so that you're not making a name for yourself but that God is getting the name, the glory, the fame, that God is getting the the joy of who you are and what you have done. What is it you have to reorientate or think about in a new way? And that's what this story tells us. It's a it's a story, I, I, I don't think we need to take it literally but we take it from what it is, it's it's a story which shows about how people use their own resources and do their own thing for their own glory, as opposed to those who seek to glorify God and give him glory. And it's about how we respond to that and what we do in that. So there's a little bit about the Tower of Babel. You might have some other questions for that. Great. Send me them in an email and I'll... Uh, try and answer those or I'll maybe focus on what you're thinking of. When people read the Bible and read these passages, we all look at different things or notice different things. So it's always good to get some of your feedback, to hear a little bit and then respond onto that. And next time we will look at the call of Abram, which fits in, excuse me, beautifully with what we've been saying here. And so we'll talk to you then, Grace and peace.